Book Interrupted Chronicles capture some of our favorite and funniest moments together from before we were all in the club. If you would like to know who felt clothing was optional at the theme park, or which member flipped the script on her birthday surprise, go to www.bookinterrupted.com unpublished to start your free trial to Unpublished, where our chronicles and inklings live. Trust us, you won't regret it. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. The thing they're known for, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, the owls can't turn their neck. Everyone knows this, don't they? So they try the wine at the beginning, and then they do the forest bathing thing, oh, and they cool. try the wine at the end. An anxiety reduction practice is when you go through your senses, so similar to like what Meredith was doing. Doesn't realize that he is surrounded by weasels. <laughs> No. <laughs> maybe yes! that's what I'm looking read for. Read the last <laughs> chapter. I will. Maybe I'll read the last like chapter it. and feel the satisfaction. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from April 11th to May 22nd. It's Meredith's book pick, and we're reading What the Robin Knows by John Young. This elegant book unites the Indigenous knowledge, the latest research, and the author's own experience of four decades in the field to lead us towards a deeper connection to the animals, and in the end, a deeper connection to ourselves. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. The reason I think the last chapter was so good is because all those little stories that he told that were so great that were found within the book, among all the stuff that was kind of dry, he used those stories to wrap up that last chapter. So for instance, he said things like, I don't know if you remember, there was that, was it weasels in the trunk of the car? I think it was weasels. And he told the neighbor, he's like, they just moved there. Is there weasels here? Because he saw the bird language and he's like, no, I've lived here 20 years. There's no weasels. And then the more he paid attention, he's like, this is definitely a weasel habitat because I can tell from the birds. And then he found like a nest of weasels in the old trunk of this Volkswagen bug, right? A nest with babies and stuff, which was a really cool story. But at the end, what he's saying is this man lived there 20 years and because he's not one with nature and hasn't listened to the birds and just goes around in his own world, doesn't realize that he is surrounded by weasels. Oh. <laughs> Weasel <laughs> infestation, yeah. No weasels here. He has no clue because the weasels listen to the birds when he comes, right? And he's like, that's why people live in these homes and say, oh, I've never seen a bear. And then you realize this is a bear's habitat or this is a whatever, wolf's habitat or fox habitat. Deers are everywhere and you don't see any of them because, because of you and you not being one with nature or paying attention, you are signaling to the birds that you're a danger and they're telling the rest of the animals to hide. Right? So 
he wraps it up the end. I think that's why the end, the last chapter is so good because you're finally like, this was so dry. You're like, I can't believe I'm still reading this book. And, and then you get to the last chapter and you're like, oh, yes, that's what I wanted. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. La- read the last chapter. Mm. You'll like it. I will. Maybe I'll read the last chapter and feel the satisfaction. You will. And it's not, it's not even a long chapter. It's like, it just kind of wraps it Ooh, up. That's nice too. Yeah. I love a good short chapter. Yeah. I'll read the last chapter. I will commit to that. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first, people. It's true. <laughs> read the last one. It's good. The introduction was kind of like that too, though. Like the introduction had a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I like the introduction. He, there was a lot of like great like quotes in the introduction where he was talking about stuff, like the first couple. And then definitely the technical stuff, like you'd have to be a certain person to appreciate that or want to read it. But I think also beyond just like listening to birds, the, like the, the exercises he gives about the owl eyes, you know, because like owls can't turn their neck or whatever. Oh, no, wait, not their neck. They can't move their eyes. They can't move their eyes. Yeah. Of course they can turn their neck all the way around. So they have to because turn. They can't turn their eyes. <laughs> it's like owls are really good at turning their necks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, they excel. They're known for that. That's, what, that's the thing they're known for. Oh, they're actually known for that. You know, you know that owls can't turn their neck. Everyone knows this, don't they? <laughs> But the owl vision thing where he's like, try to use your peripheral vision to pay attention or mm. try to use that like, here further away. I really like those exercises because I'm the type of person that's always inside my head. I'm always in my head. Right. And when I was like, oh, maybe I'll try this. Even if I'm driving, just all of a sudden, just thinking about feeling the steering wheel. Like if I feel like I'm starting to think about something else, like, oh, what does it feel like my hands on the steering wheel or whatever? Mm. It just brings me back to the present. So I like those exercises that he was suggesting, trying to use your peripheral vision or trying to hear something really far away, the furthest thing you can hear. And that kind of stuff I thought mm. kind of brought me out of my head. And I enjoyed that as almost like a meditative exercise. Mm-hmm. I thought that mm. was good too. Also, I was going to say it's like mindfulness, right? I was going to say that too, meditative. And then... The thing that is cool about it is mindfulness and meditation in some ways is like the fad thing, right? It's become so popular in, you know, therapy and treatment, you know, wellness, but really it's old ancient wisdom. Yes. Like the benefits of mindfulness and meditation, which are so popularized now have always been right. And that's what you're describing, Mary. Hmm. Just sit in nature and you will become mindful. Hopefully anyway, I don't know if. It's automatic. Like forced, but... It makes me think of forced yeah. bathing too. That's popular, but also mm-hmm. nice. To go right. Forest. People like with wisdom are like, that's not new. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're meant to be out there and paying attention. Like why yeah. would you go into the forest and I'll pay attention? You're going to get right. by right. like a mountain lion. Are you right. crazy? <laughs> yeah. I, um, like I just read an article about, because, you know, I'm studying wine and whatever, but it's about forest bathing and wine and how there's some people now that are taking people out into the vineyards and into the surrounding forests around the vineyards it's because forest bathing is you're really really slow and you think about what everything tastes like and smells like in all of your senses and you go really slow and then they make them try the wine at the end so they try the wine at the beginning and then they do the forest bathing thing oh, and they cool. try the wine at the end and that how everybody says how much more they get from the wine after being within the vineyards and smelling and tasting and which was kind of a cool I know it's not about birds or about really nature but it's no but it is but it is it's an exercise in the awareness yeah no same thing though so I thought that was really neat that concept of how even things like 
you know, how we taste after have been affected by being out in nature and in being out in the vineyards and being out in whatever. That's I think a lot me. of the time, I don't think about like the smell of places unless I really, really pay unless attention. Unless it smells bad. Yeah. Well, if you're sitting where you are and you're like, what do I smell? Like sometimes it takes a while, you know, really think about what those smells are. If it's just like a regular place. I mean, obviously it's like, cuts a bad one. Like, you know what that smell is cuts and you can't, one. and you can't ignore it. But if you're just like walking in a park or just in your house or whatever, smell is not something I think about a lot, you know, mm. or if somebody says, what does your mouth taste like right now? Right. Yeah. Like Coffee. thinking about that. You wouldn't be thinking like, unless you've consciously thought about what does that taste, you know? Mm. I always struggle with the, what do you taste in your mouth one? Cause you know, an anxiety reduction practice is when you go through your senses. So similar to what Meredith was doing, how do I feel my hands on the steering wheel? And you do like, what are five things that I see? What are four things that I hear? And then you keep going down and then you get to, what do you taste? And it's like, what is one or two things that you taste in your mouth? And I was like, my saliva. <laughs> I was tongue? like, I was Does like, taste? I don't know. I just had water. <laughs> right, it's a hard blank. one. It's, it's a hard blank. one. <laughs> yeah. So, do we recommend the book? Who wants to go first? Mayor? Yeah, I would. I mean, I would still recommend the book. I would probably tell people there's a lot of chirping and stuff. And if you don't like that part, <laughs> at least read the first part. And if you start getting like, this is too much, then skip to the last chapter. Because also, Appendix A kind of just summarizes all the exercises anyway. So, mm-hmm. I think I still would recommend the book. I think it's good for people to think about. Maybe they're not super into birds, but maybe I would choose who I'd recommend it to. No, I'm just going to say I'm going to recommend it. Mm. I'd probably do the like, if you get bored, just skip to like connection after collision. Is that the last chapter? Collision, whatever. No, from collision to connection. From collision to connection. That one's good. Even the whole intro was really great. And then it got into a lot of like a chip, chip tree and chirp, chirp, tut, 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 tut. You know, but I mean, I mean, also even just to like have somebody to listen to the bird. Next time we're all together, I'll be like, that bird just went from there to there. And you yeah. guys will be like, even though you didn't read the whole book, you'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I guess we'll be like, if you say so. <laughs> just to have something to, to enjoy with it. <laughs> so yes, I still recommend the book. I totally like these types of books. I don't mind the chirp, chirp, chirping. I just skip over the sounds and take what I want from it. I would recommend it if someone wanted to learn these things. I think it's a good book for that. And I like the way he teaches it with his stories and he does kind of explain the subtleties and the importance and you know so I would recommend it but to a specific audience I'm the same I would recommend it to people not that I read it all but from what you guys say and the stuff that I read I'd recommend it if you're interested in birds or if you're interested in in learning this and really delving super deep into all those details yes I I wouldn't recommend it necessarily if you're looking for a light read or a read about, I don't know, something like a summer beach read. It's definitely not for me. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not in that category. No. no. <laughs> but maybe a summer camping read. Okay. Yeah. I think I do the same as like Lindsay and Kim is like, I would recommend it to those who I thought might appreciate it. I'd recommend it to myself just because I haven't 
finished reading it. I've only read a little bit of it, but I really appreciate people that encourage experiential learning. So I like that. So I would recommend it to myself to circle back in due course and actually finish reading the darn book. I love that you've recommended it to yourself. <laughs> That's like how I choose all my books. I recommend this. To me, I'm going to take that recommendation. <laughs> I'm going to go me. with it. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I would that. do the same. I'd recommend it with the condition. Is it a condition? Is that how we called it last time? The condition with caution. What do we call it again? With caution? <laughs> yes, I, know. I can't remember what we called it. Anyway, I would recommend recommend it. I would recommend just <laughs> the smells we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I would what recommend it to people that are into birds. We, I actually had a friend and her niece is obsessed with birds. She took her to different bird safari things here and everything. And she wanted me to tell her all about this book. And she was trying to, they were Spanish though. We were trying to get it in Spanish, but but anyway i would recommend to other bird people people who are super super into birds i would recommend to them i'd also recommend it to people who are kind of interested in you know being in nature and learning these things but i tell them the middle is very technical specific for different species of birds and how they chirp and stuff so if it it might get dry so just skip to you know (laughs) the end the intro and the conclusion (laughs) yeah I really recommend just, just yeah. leap through it. Well, that's the thing. I think that if you start practicing it and then you really start to like hearing stuff, you might be like, maybe I'll go back and see what he was talking about. Like all the shapes and stuff. I'm like, mm. okay, I get the shapes and I'll come back to it when I actually notice more. Yeah. Yeah. Shapes which speaks too, to yeah. what you were saying in the first place, which is here's a book about it, but just go out there. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go out there, there and get in, in nature. And like, I think his also his passion is excitement can make you say, maybe I should get out there right mm. like that's it can be a little contagious when people are excited about something Let yeah he's clearly very passionate about this and he has really cute stories like that one where he could tell that there was a student in the bushes or whatever remember and he was going to his car and it wasn't because he saw the student he's like how do you could you see me i was hidden so well and he's like oh the birds told on you like i like those little f- he's like oh that was you was it yeah i like his funny I little was- stories about how the birds tell <laughs> little party <laughs> the birds yeah. told me kind of creepy you know <laughs> yeah I knew you were there. I like his little party tricks. <laughs> Do you guys remember the challenge? Maybe we should have it ready for like the fan episode. Mm-hmm, Everybody's going to try to listen to a bird and figure out how to say the birds like oh, chip, chip, chirp, Draco, Draco. Or write it down. Oh yeah, and then you can write it on a piece of paper. Oh my God, I have to say it. Oh, right. Say it? I thought we were going to like, mm-hmm. I wanted to actually imitate it. Are we Not imitating turn it? it into words. I wanted to oh. actually make the sound the bird makes. Yes. You've been practicing, <laughs> Kim. I, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very competitive. It's a contest, right? Wow. <laughs> Is it? Who can get the bird to actually come to them? Okay, so Lindsay said during the fan episode, we'll try to like, you know, answer to our challenges maybe a little bit. <laughs> we always have these okay. challenges and then we're like, meh. Yeah, totally. We do it or we don't. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll try to do the bird noises. And so, Lindsay's going to do a pigeon, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever tried to coo like a pigeon? It's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody did it.
It's me. Oh, that was. I'm the bird caller. You didn't know. I don't yeah. need this book. That's why I was bored. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to say too, it was a nice change too, because it was like, yeah, just reading about the birds. That's true. It is a good change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other books are really heavy. Couple heavy content books there. Yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of a good break. I actually had to take a break from this book to read another book. I read a, a little bit of a fiction book in between. I'm like, I can't read any more chirping. And I like read a little <laughs> fiction book. <laughs> I was thinking that like you would have a hard time with it because you, you would want to read every every word, every chirping word. I'm just like, yes, I did. I read church. everyone. I'm like, chicky, chicky, choo, choo. <laughs> I was like, Chirip, what? Chirip? Judy, I don't, I'm not going to remember that. Ever. <laughs> you thought you had to remember it. It's so good. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. Okay, this is my interruption. Practicing making bird noises for our challenge today. I think that's what our challenge is. Our like fun challenge. <laughs> but it's harder than it, it should be. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> what bird am I? I'll let you in a little secret. I'm not a bird. I didn't read the last chapter of What the Robin Knows. I'm making it up. Shh. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're going to find out from each member their final thoughts. And do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Final book report for the book. What the Robin Knows by John Young. Well, I think it kind of goes without saying that I would recommend this book, seeing as this is my book choice. However, when I did choose the book, I hadn't read it yet. I had just something that I really wanted to read. And this was a good opportunity to read it. I thought it'd be kind of a deviation, a little bit of a change from some of the books that we have been reading. And, you know, I loved the book, but I can also see, you know, I can't really wait to talk to everybody in the group about this because, you know, I've talked to people here and there in the group one-on-one -on -one, and, you know, this book probably isn't for everybody. And I can't wait to see what people's, you know, reactions are. Honestly, there's a lot of chirping in the book, you know, like written out bird noises. And I think that gives a little bit of a comical feel to the book a little bit, or maybe not to the book, but it makes me think that our conversation is going to be a little comical. Because if you're reading a passage and you're going chip, chip, chirip, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, if you're reading that in your head, it's kind of funny. I got to the point where I kind of just like passed over those sections. I think this is the type of book that if you really want to get into deep bird language and reading birds in the forest and being able to tell when a large animal is coming by so you can see it, you might go back to the book and listen to the audio files and read out the words of the birds. So that makes it a little funny. I do love that John Young is so passionate about what he does and what he's talking about. You know, you really get the impression that he's just putting all this information in this book so that other people can get the same joy out of the birds and the forest that he does. And that really comes through, I think, 
that's one of the things I like most about the book. The things that I kind of skipped over were whenever he's like listing out birds, names aren't really my forte. And, and I, I want to be more about the experience. And of course, he's trying to show the reader how to experience this. You know, he's trying to describe something that really you get the most benefit out of when you put the time in. So, and he even mentions this, like it's hard to put it into words, but I did like the book. There's appendix at the end that kind of gives a summary of how to learn bird language and things about your sit spot and stuff. And that's really useful. If you've read the book, you could just go back to that section going forward to try to tune it in. But the coolest thing is that now when I'm outside, I do notice what the birds are doing, like even more than I used to. And I'll notice, you know, this bird going that way or when they change from one vocalization to an alarm and the big difference there. So it's making my walks in the park and the forest a little bit more interesting, which I like. Yes, I do recommend the book. I think that I would tell people ahead of time, maybe this is a book you want to take some time with and know that there's going to be a lot of talk about birds and outside in nature. I think this is a good one. I'm really looking forward to using this and practicing the things he talks about in this book when I'm out camping this summer. You know, camping season's coming up. We've already booked some backcountry camping trips and I think this is gonna come in handy. Maybe I'll see more big wildlife or maybe it'd be nice to know, like maybe there's a fox on the way or, or a bear or whatever. You know, usually we make a lot of noise in the forest <laughs> during bear season so that they're scared away and stuff like that. But now we'll be also listening to the birds to see you know what's going on ahead of us i am still not done reading what the robin knows i am honestly the world's biggest jerk i didn't get my time management in order i have spread myself too thin these past few months and due to my lack of planning in advance i had a late go with getting a hold of the book what the robin knows and now I finally got it. It's my opportunity to get caught up. And because I'm so exhausted at the end of every day, I go to read it in bed at night and I cannot keep my eyes open. And instead, I'm not just a little bit of a jerk. I am a colossal jerk. I then switch to, oh, well, you know, like you do have going another book and it doesn't need to use your eyeballs. So then... I get rid of what the Robin knows and I start listening to the other book. Goodness gracious, horrible. The other day I was procrastinating doing a big uh, task, found myself on YouTube and I was like, huh, I wonder if there's anything here about what the Robin knows. Because obviously, like I just shared, I wasn't having much success at honoring commitments, reaching goals that I was setting for myself. I was just bargaining my way out of reading what the Robin knows because I've been too tired. But I did go on YouTube and I found the author. He has all these really wonderful like little video clips promoting the book or talking about different aspects of the book. I really enjoyed those. I didn't indulge for too long because obviously I was aware that I was procrastinating and had to get on to the other thing. But yeah, it was great checking him out. And my big takeaway, seeing as how I haven't completed reading the book, is that so he was sharing how it's all about getting yourself to stop hit pause, pump the brakes, get outside in nature, be still, be silent, pay attention, listen. And I just thought, you know what? That's some great advice 
from the author. I don't think it's just applicable to being able to hear birds more and hear the differences in their calls. I think what he's getting at there is like true, if you were to pump the brakes, slow down, quiet yourself, you would of course hear more bird calls and uh, potential differences in them. But that that's something in general that many of us in society should be encouraged to do. That's where you learn a lot about your outside world as well as yourself. So I really appreciated that big takeaway and reminder since I have been going in the fast lane for a bit too long and I've been to this rodeo before. I know where it leads. It leads to me getting so exhausted that the wheels start coming off and I'm not looking after myself anymore. But I heard the reminder. Thank you, YouTube. I am going to break the pattern and get ahead of this. I've already looked at my upcoming schedule and I have included pockets to just go outside and listen to birds. And I can't wait. Okay. This is my book report for What the Robin Knows. And unfortunately, I was not successful in my final push to try to complete the book. I just couldn't do it. I was not wanting to, I was not drawn to go and read the book, so that was difficult. When I forced myself to go and read the book, I found myself not being able to find where I had last left off in the book because that's how kind of similar or redundant or whatever adjective all of the information was that I couldn't even tell where I was or where I had been or hadn't been. And then when I got to a spot where I thought I may have not been before or left off at, I would read a page and then realize I had no idea what I just read because I would be thinking about something completely differently. So on all levels, it was very challenging for me to go to the book and get into it and once in it, stay there. <laughs> I did say that I would recommend the book to people who are interested specifically in, you know, bird language and connecting with nature in ways that are beyond just, I guess, surface connections. But I would have preferred that knowledge to come to me in an interaction, I think, with an actual person and going like experientially. I know I could have made myself go out into nature, which I did. I didn't have a specific sit spot, but I, when I was outside, I, I tried to combine that already being there with the task of having a sit spot. And I did notice more sounds, but other than that, there wasn't, I didn't go much deeper. And I think had I been specifically focused on doing it with a guide, I think a guide would have been helpful because I couldn't guide myself through the book. And so I was kind of got as far as the sit spot and didn't even really sit spot specific, but I did pay attention to birds when I was out and that was nice, but it was just nice. Like I just noticed. So I, I was at the level of noticing, but not any farther along. I feel like if I say this wasn't my favorite book, it somehow means that I have something against it or I'm negative about it, but I'm not. I just, it's just not the book for me, I guess. I think Lindsay might've said that too. Anyway, so this will be a shorter personal journal because I don't have much to say because I didn't finish the book and uh, I didn't connect with the book as I had hoped I would have. And uh, it wasn't all bad because I did find myself noticing 
birds while out in nature. Hey, so I didn't finish the book, as uh, I'm sure you heard in the group discussion. I still have it. I haven't given it away yet, uh, but I did start reading the last chapter, as I promised that I would, from Collision to Connection. And I really want to read this one uh, little section, only because it really describes what everyone was talking about in the group discussion about how the book is set up with the sounds and stuff. So... This is just uh, on page 166 on my book from What the Robin Knows. Instead, he walks obliviously right under them, and they scatter. Tut, tut, tut. And street, to street, wings flutter against the leaves. If Joe was paying attention, he could hear the wind from their takeoffs. Then the juncos scatter. Shriep, shriep, which in turn causes the Swainson's thrush to stop singing and check things out. When he sees the other birds flying off, he issues his own alarm and follows them in flight. I just think that's kind of cute because it has that really good description of how the book is set up with the different sounds and the different specific birds. You know what? Maybe in a different time of my life, I'll go revisit this book. Maybe, you know, when I have more opportunity to go out into the wilderness or into the forest or just be less in the city, which I am right now, and able to really be around birds and other animals in their habitat. If I don't, Reread. I'm going to read the last chapter, finish the last chapter, but uh, if I don't ever do this, I am really thinking about what everyone said in the discussion and about how just observing and taking in what, you know, what I see and how animals react and how everyone's listening to the birds and how they might move and react when I'm in their presence versus if I'm just still and being part of their world. And also how, you know, humans are a disruption and we really need to kind of be part of, of everything instead of thinking that we're apart. So that's it. Mare, you know, wasn't my favorite book choice, but I'm really excited that you loved this book so much and I could see you were so passionate about it. So I'm glad you picked it. All right. See you next time. Bye. So I found the middle of this book extremely boring. I did finish the book. The beginning I found really interesting and I read it really quickly. And the end, I would have to say the last chapter is the most interesting chapter. But the middle is very dry and boring. He had lots of good stories, but then they kind of faded and he just went into all the different individual species and how each individual species had like different noises for their alarms. Like, and he wrote them out like chirp, chirp and breep, breep and whatever. And that, he just lost me completely there. They got really boring. I really had to push myself to finish this book. But thankfully, when I got to the last chapter, it was incredibly interesting. Some of the things he talks about is like the bird plow. And if you see a whole bunch of birds like flying fast in one direction, like straight, not up or whatever, it's most likely a human. And I thought that was really interesting. And then if you wait, he calls it the two minute rule. And if you wait two minutes after you see a bird plow, you'll see a human that's not really paying attention to his environment come by. So I found that really, really interesting. I really liked the end of the book. I did think he had a lot of great stories. I think it just got really dry if you're not into birds. So I also learned a lot from this book. For instance, I had a sit spot. I have a sparrow couple who has a nest that just built near my balcony where I have breakfast. So I was observing them. But one thing that I found really interesting because I'm now observing all the birds more often because of this book. It makes you look at the birds and your environment. 
So it accomplished its goal of me being more conscious of what's going on in the bird world and the outside world. So one little incident that happened, I heard the alarms of the birds, many birds, clearly differently, but clearly there were alarms. Then everything went silent, like he said, and then a predator, a bird of prey, flew over. So that was kind of exciting because I learned that in the book and then it happened I and mean, I was paying attention so I noticed it. But for anyone who's not already into birds, just warning you, the middle is really dry, so you might want to skim it or skip over some chapters. He definitely knows about his birds. I got the most out of the book just from the beginning and the last chapter. The middle was lost me. It was too much about the alarms for me and about the individual types of birds. Like when he went into the individual types of bird, I was like, am I, I don't know if I'm going to finish this book. Anyway, so... Would I recommend this book? It's really hard to say. I think being more aware of the birds is really, really cool. So I would recommend this book with conditions that if you're really into birds, definitely a must read. If you're already like a bird watcher and that kind of thing and you know about different species of birds, must read. If you're not, then you could read it, but I would suggest like read the beginning and read the end and just kind of skim it because that's the kind of book it will be for you. That's it. Off to the next. So, all in all, I thought the book was okay. It didn't really speak to me. It's not my vibe. But I don't think it's a bad book. I just think it's very specific. A very bird enthusiast specific. So, I like birds. I don't really think about birds. Maybe I need to think more about birds. All in all, I thought it was a pretty great book for someone who wants to learn about birds <laughs> like what a bad book report i'm giving also timing wise i wish we had started this book a month later which is something to think about i think in the future of this podcast about timing of when we read books i mean when we laid out the year i don't think we thought about the seasons and it's just been an exceptionally long winter here in Canada in Ontario and lots of other parts of Canada so it's been a toughie getting inspired about listening and watching for birds when it's still hailing outside so I think the timing was a bit more spring which we couldn't have predicted I think I would have enjoyed it even more unfortunately it is what it is. I found it, we challenged each other to find a sit spot where we could listen to the birds. And uh, I really like every time I like plan to go to my sit spot, which I built into my day when I pick up my child from school, it was just terrible weather. And I'm like, oh God, I don't want to stand in the rain and listen for no birds because they're in their little hidey hole too. So it was like every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know, without fail, it was just a rainy day. I'm sure it was a personal attack on me. That sounds like, you know, weather's plan. I didn't really do the challenge very well. Aside from that, uh, I like the story more than the bird language. And I will recommend this book, but to someone, my mother, who is really into birds. So I'm gonna give her the book and I hope she gets more out of it than I did. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, 
please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Want to be part of the conversation? Have your voice heard on our fan episode next week. Or recommend a book and you could be joining us for a six-week book cycle. Find out more by going to www.bookinterrupted.com fans. Have a listen to our off-the-shelf episodes. These are the silly, fun, and weird, wonderful things we do when we get off cue. So, listen to our off-the-shelf episodes. I think you'll love it, and I know you'll laugh. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Maybe there's some secret naturalist versus naturist war that we don't know about. If you deal with a lot of penises... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which one does go right. on which just made my kid yell we're not gonna hurt you <laughs> or whatever setting the video is is so aggressively unflattering <laughs> i'm not participating in this challenge why do you want to do a birdie style what if it's your favorite position <laughs> can we all do it like a spelling bee yes oh, please. okay let's do it okay. who's up next <laughs> book interrupted Never forget, every child matters.